Hi there, guten Morgen, America. How's that German? Yeah, das ist gut, ja. Und uh, ja, das ist, das ist gut, das ist gut. Sehr gut. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Biden stunts, crowd was hilarious, GOP takedown live. Nice, two hours ago. I want everybody to have fun tonight. Please be safe. There we go. If you find yourself disordered or confused, it's either you're drunk or Marjorie Taylor Greene. That was so good. Welcome to the White House Correspondence Dinner Recap Dark Brandon Edition. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. On Saturday evening, the White House Correspondence Association Dinner was held in Washington, D.C. Roy Wood Jr. was the comedian who gave a very, very funny speech, but President Biden brought the house down in his dark Brandon persona. He had some great one-liners as he roasted Fox and Ron DeSantis and Kevin McCarthy and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Donald Trump, but he also struck a very serious and solemn tone at the end of his speech, focusing on the freedom of the press, focusing on the preservation and protection of our democracy and the need to protect journalists at home and abroad. So let's go over the recap of what transpired at the White House Correspondents Association dinner. I played for you that clip at the beginning of this video of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now I want to show you this clip where President Biden says, you know what? I actually like Rupert Murdoch because he makes me feel young. Here, play this <laughs> You might think I don't like Rupert Murdoch. That's simply not true. How could I just like a guy who makes me look like Harry Styles? Call me old. I call it being seasoned. You say I'm ancient. I say I'm wise. In this next clip, President Biden roasts Fox and basically says, here's who owns MSNBC, but guess who now owns Fox? And then he put a little zinger at the end on CNN. Here, play this clip. Look, it's great the cable news networks are here tonight. MSNBC owned by NBC Universal. Fox News owned by Dominion Voting Systems. News reporters were able to attend because they were fully vaccinated and boosted. This year, with that $787 million settlement, they're here because they couldn't say no to a free meal. And hell, I'd call Fox honest, fair, and truthful, but then I could be sued for defamation. news team finds this funny. My goal is to make them laugh as hard as CNN did when they read the, read the settlement. But then again, CNN was like, wow, they actually have $787 million.
In this next clip, President Biden has some great zingers about Tucker Carlson, Ron DeSantis, and Kevin McCarthy. Play this clip. Vaccinated the nation, transformed the economy, earned historic legislative victories and midterm results, but the job isn't finished. I mean, it is finished for Tucker Carlson. What are you wooing about like that? Give me a break. Just give me a break. Look, like I often say, don't compare me to the Almighty, compare me to the alternative. We added 12 million jobs. That's just counting the lawyers that defended the president. At Ron DeSantis, I had a lot of Ron DeSantis jokes ready. But Mickey Mouse beat the hell out of me and got there first. Now look, can't be too rough on the guy. After his re-election as governor, he was asked if he had a mandate. He said, hell no, I'm straight. I'm straight. I'll give you time to think that one through. But what do you, but I, I think you don't know this. Kevin McCarthy called me and asked me, Joe, what the hell's your secret? <laughs> I'm not even kidding about that one. The speaker's trying to claim a big one. All right, do a fucking stand up now. But the last <laughs> time the public voted on something this, that hapless. It took 15 tries. That was good. In this clip, President Biden brings the house down. He talks about <laughs> Don Lemon, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Elon Musk. Watch All this. He right. came over the hill. Don Lemon would say that's a man who's prime. back here again, proving I haven't learned a damn thing. <laughs> I want everybody to have fun tonight, so please be safe. If you find yourself disoriented or confused, it's either you're drunk or Marjorie Taylor Greene. should be defunded. Well, the best way to make NPR go away is for Elon Musk to buy it. <laughs> right on. And that's more true than you think, anyway. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, 
clip. I love this clip. This is when President Biden said, look, Roy Wood Jr., he basically bribed me to try to wrap up my speech quickly. Could you imagine this? Things have changed. Now presidents are getting paid hush money. Obama's going to be a speechwriter Play this clip. I go where people are. The Daily Show. <laughs> He once dubbed me the Jay-Z of Delaware. <laughs> Don't let that look in your face, you did. Tonight he asked me to keep it short. He even offered me 10 bucks if I keep it under 10 minutes. That's a switch, a president being offered hush money. <laughs> sense of humor about himself. He has a great self-deprecating sense to him. And uh, this, this clip, is I think, written really by Obama, here. people. Play this clip. He talks <laughs> about his good old friend, Jimmy Madison. Play this clip. This is not your father's press from 20 years ago. No, I'm serious. And you all know it better than I do. But still, it is absolutely consequential and essential. After all, I believe in the First Amendment. Not just because my good friend Jimmy Madison wrote it. <laughs> a lot of ways this dinner sums up my first two years in office. I'll talk for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. Towards the end of the speech, President Biden then struck a very serious tone, though, and said, you know what, there really is a serious problem going on, though, with some of this right-wing extremist press. And the people in the audience knew exactly who he was talking about. Fox, Newsmax, OAN, this Trump propaganda media. And you'll see President Biden did something that you, you probably notice. It's, it's one of the things he also did at the State of the Union, where he basically rallied everybody there. And he was like, well, let's all make a commitment at the State of the Union. It was that you will not cut Social Security. You will not cut Medicare. Here at the White House uh, Correspondents Association dinner, President Biden was like, let's give a toast to democracy, that you'll support democracy. Watch this incredible moment. Play the clip. As I said last year at this dinner, a poison is running through our democracy and parts of the extreme press. Truth buried by lies and lies living on as truth. Well, what about lies pull for profit lies and power? Leading to lies of conspiracy and malice repeated over and over again. Designed to generate a cycle of anger, hate, and even violence. A cycle that emboldens history to be buried, books to be banned, children and families to be attacked by the state, and the rule of law and our rights and freedoms to be stripped away, our elected representatives of the people 
are expelled from state houses for standing for the people. I made clear that we know in our bones, and you know it too, our democracy remains at risk. But I've also made it clear, as I've seen throughout my life, within our power, each and every one of us to preserve our democracy. We can, we must, we will. I'd like to make a toast if I had a class. <laughs> My grandfather Ambrose Finney has said, if you ever make a toast without looking, you got a hole in your left hand. <laughs> Don't think I'm kidding, I'm not. I'm probably the only Irish you ever met who's never been drinking his life. Anyway, <laughs> I like to make a toast, seriously. <laughs> this inflection point is Let us commit that we'll be a nation that will embrace light over darkness, truth over lies, and finally, 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 restore the soul of the nation. Hear, hear. And a particularly solemn moment in the speech as well is when President Biden talked about two journalists. Uh, who have been uh, kidnapped, who have been detained abroad, Austin Rice in Syria and Evan Gerskovich in uh, Russia. And in this first clip I want to play for you, um, President Biden talks about the importance of free press and talks about how America stands with Evan, he's referring to Evan Gerskovich, who has been wrongfully detained in Russia. Um, play this clip first. Let me start in a serious note. Jill, Kamala, Doug, and I, and members of our administration are here to send a message to the country and, quite frankly, to the world. The free press is a pillar, maybe the pillar, for free society, not the enemy. Thomas Jefferson wrote, you all know this quote, Thomas Jefferson wrote, we're left to me to decide whether we should have a government without newspapers or newspapers without a government. I should not hesitate to prefer the latter. To Evan's parents, Ella, Mikhail, and sister Danielle, as I've told you in person, we, not just me, we all stand with you. Evan went to report in Russia to shed light on the darkness that you all escaped from years ago. Absolute courage. A handwritten letter from prison to his family, Evan wrote, quote, I am not losing hope. In an interview, his mom, Ella, said, one of the American qualities that we absorb is to be optimistic. That's where we stand right now. To the entire family, everyone in this hall stands with you. We're working every day to secure his release. Looking at opportunities and tools to bring him home. We keep the faith. And in this next clip, President Biden talks about Austin Price, who has been wrongfully detained for 11 years in Syria, playing this clip. We also keep the faith for Austin, Austin Tice. His mom, Deborah, is here tonight. She's 
tomorrow tomorrow several conversations, the conversations with me and my senior staff. We are not giving up. As I told you at this dinner last year, as I told you in the Oval Office, you raised an incredible son. When he was a kid, he was an Eagle Scout, a big brother, a born protector, a U.S. Marine, three tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Austin. Austin was a fearless journalist and a future lawyer. As a consequence of Austin showing the world the cost of war, he's been detained in Syria for nearly 11 years. It's simply wrong, it's outrageous, and we are not ceasing our effort to get him, find him, bring him home. Tonight, our message is this. Journalism is not a crime. Evan and Austin should be released immediately, along with every other American held hostage, are wrongfully detained abroad. Paul Whelan, unjustly held in Russia for more than 40 years, whose brave sister I've met with and whose family has never quit fighting for Paul. And I promise you, neither will I and neither will this administration until we get him home. And then President Biden closes the speech with some humor, of course. And uh, as he turns uh, over the podium to Roy Wood Jr., he says, uh, I may be able to take a joke, but you know who may not be able to? Dark brand. Here, play the clip. I'm going to uh, turn this over to Roy. Roy, the podium is yours. I'm going to be fine with your jokes, but I'm not sure about dark branding. There you have it, folks. That was the recap of the White House Correspondents right Association dinner. You'll recall that Donald Trump was too big of a coward. He was too big of a malignant narcissist. He had no sense of humor that he never showed up to a single White House Correspondents Association dinner. He had no sense of self-deprecating humor. He had no sense of that. It's just one of the traits of an authoritarian. And, you know, one of the things that I like about President Biden is, look, he could take a joke. I like leaders who can take a joke. That is one of the, you know, the funny things and, and the important things um, about our, you know, about our system, about our democracy. That, you know, we could have presidents who could who could laugh at themselves. That's a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. Thank you for watching this recap. I'm Ben Micellas from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers thanks to your incredible support. So please just hit subscribe now. It's free. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch. Wherever you get your audio podcast, check us out as well by going to Midas Touch Podcast. Until next time, I'm Ben Micellis. Have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch. Keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Alvin Bragg versus
forces Jim Jordan and Congress to stop interference and obstruction of New York State criminal investigations and prosecution of Trump has now returned to court for a hearing today. And the judge, in getting prepared, accepted briefing from various friends of the court, including former members of Congress and former prosecutors, and our very own resident Manhattan District Attorney, Karen Friedman-Nifolo, was part of that briefing. Life isn't imitating art, it is art, with Karen's uh, filing, and we'll talk through it today. Then we're only six days away from a Manhattan federal jury being picked to try the civil rape and defamation case brought by E. Jean Carroll versus Donald Trump. Trump, uh, the judge, having denied not one, but two separate attempts by Trump's lawyer team to delay the trial up to 30 days. We'll tell you why the judge denied these motions and why it may spell trouble Donald Trump as we await the decision by tomorrow as to whether he appears at all at the trial. And then we thought we were going to talk about the first day of trial of the $1.6 billion defamation case in Delaware Superior Court brought by Dominion Voting against Fox Corp, News, Rupert Murdoch, all the on-air people, etc. But Rupert being Rupert and always settling cases like this as a cost of doing business and a toll on the road of his business model, settled for a record $787.5 million, about half of the demand, what does it mean for Fox and Dominion? And what does it mean for the several other cases against Fox, including an almost identical one brought by Smartmatic, seeking $2.7 billion in New York State Court? And finally, we update you on the developments in the Fawny Willis Fulton County DA case against Trump, Eddowes, Lindsey Graham, Giuliani, and at least 16 fake electors with her first filing in court since her now infamous, almost meme-like announcement of indictments are imminent. What does it mean for the pace of the charging decision, the regular grand jury being seated in Fulton County in May? And why is Fawny Willis seeking to disqualify 10 of the fake electors' attorneys based on a conflict and what it may say about cooperating witnesses and immunity deals? We cover all this and so much more on this week's midweek edition of Legal AF on the Midas Touch Network, the top-rated law and politics podcast. Your hosts, Karen Friedman-Ignifolo and Michael Popak. Hi, Karen. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. We are, we are up to the minute today. We're following closely the hearing on the uh, Alvin Bragg, Manhattan DA versus Jim Jordan, head of the House Judiciary Committee, with a federal judge in the Southern District of New York sitting in between a Trump appointee. Um, our co-anchor, Brent, uh, Ben Micellis, on the weekend said, oh, it's a Trumper? Oh, that's going to be a loss for Alvin Bragg. I held out some hope about whether just based on the law and the constitutional issues of federalism and sovereignty of states, um, especially in the areas of local crime and prosecution, that it would turn out in favor of Alvin Bragg. We'll report at the end about what happened today at the hearing and your participation my eyes almost popped out of my head when I looked at the docket sheet to get ready to record. And there, among many of the filings in the case, was one Karen Freeman Ignifolo and a group of other former prosecutors and others and elected officials filing a friend of the court brief in favor of Alvin Bragg's position that the court ultimately accepted. And we'll talk about all of that at the end. And Karen will give us the insider scoop on not just reporting on legal and, and political developments, but being part of them 
like the zealot of this case gets to report from actually participating in that process. Isn't that great? Let's kick it off with what's on everybody's mind in, uh, in Fox News' Fox Corporation settlement. Yesterday, this is record setting, $787.5 million uh, that they paid to Dominion, not on the courthouse steps, not the day before, not the 11th hour, but during the trial. They had already picked the jury. They were ready for opening statements. The, the jury was told there was a break in the action the day before and that they weren't told why and that they would come back and, and have the case tried on Tuesday. We all thought, oh, settlement, settlement. But no, they, they, the judge said, oh, you're not ready to settle. I've been in this situation before. The judge said, okay, you got a settlement to announce? You don't have a settlement to announce. i got a jury. And this jury is trying a case. So let's go. Opening statements. And I guess they went back out in the room and and struck the deal at almost 50 cents on the dollar. Um, let's talk about, let me frame it and turn it over to you about the development. We've got the, the Fox was already in the hole. And if you're, if you're using baseball analogies, the middle of baseball season starting, they had two strikes against them and a third one halfway to the plate before they even started trial because the judge had already ruled that two out of the three elements to prove defamation had already been proved in favor of Dominion voting systems. Falsity of everything that was said about them on television, accusing them of being in bed with the Venezuelans and Chavez and in a mass conspiracy to steal an election using corrupted software created by Smartmatic loaded into their voting systems and vote tabulation being done offshore in secret locations so that there be no audit trail then return to the United States. If this sounds fantastical and totally imaginary, it's because it all is. It was made up by Giuliani and by uh, Sidney Powell on shows like Maria Bartiromo's and Lou Dobbs and Janine Pirro's and different places. And, and they just bashed mercilessly both Dominion and Smartmatic and a poor Venezuelan business person who had nothing to do with it at all, but they made the mastermind of it all. Um, and so three lawsuits broke out. A $1.6 billion one filed by Dominion in Delaware, because Fox Corp's a Delaware corporation. A $2.7 billion affirmation case brought by Smartmatic in New York State Supreme Court. And a $250 million case brought by, and also in the, in the federal court, we're talking about covering all the courts here, three different courts, two different systems, in federal court, brought by the Venezuelan business person for $250 million. And if you're looking for a canary in the coal mine, that case was settled by Fox two weeks ago. Don't know for how much, but based on the math that we're seeing here in Dominion, you got to figure it was about $75 to $100 million to the, um, to the Venezuelan business person. So that all came out of all of this lies that the judge in Delaware ruled were lies. He also ruled before trial even started that Fox News and Fox Corp are responsible for publication, transmitting this information to a third party. That's the second element of defamation. So the judge said the only thing for the jury to do is to determine if there's damages and how much. <laughs> okay, so it's basically almost a damage, not a liability case. And yeah, you can take a look at Fox's defense of uh, there's no actual malice constitutional principle that, that where the plaintiff in this kind of case has to prove that the other party either false knew that what they were saying was false, all these things, or um, recklessly disregarded whether they were true or false. And the judge says, I saw a lot of the evidence already. That's a pretty close call. 
I think it's I think it's against you, Fox, but I'm going to let the jury decide. So, so Fox knew all of that and all these bad rulings before they even went into trial. So the fact that they tried to get a settlement going and Rupert Murdoch having settled every major case like this for hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in the past, both here and in the UK, it came as no shock. We're, we're disappointed, but it came as no shock that he wasn't going to let Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Janine Pirro, Maria Bartiromo, and all of his crown jewels of his network, right, get embarrassed in Delaware in real time in a courtroom under oath in front of a jury and four billion people watching at home. So, Aaron, tell me about your takeaway from the settlement and what it means to the next case, which is right right next to it in Smartmatic seeking $2.7 billion. Yeah, so, it, you know, the settlement is quite large, right? It's three quarters of a billion dollars. And that's a lot of money in a civil case to receive, especially because this this isn't one of those verdicts that you get against somebody knowing you'll never collect that amount, you know, that you're just sending a message. Fox is going to have to pony up this kind of money. And they have this kind of money. So the, you're, we're going to expect Dominion to receive a lot of money here. Um, Dominion's lawyers were very positive and came out and gave a press conference and, and went on various television shows saying that they were seeking two things from uh, from this lawsuit, which is vindication and accountability. And they feel that's what they got. They feel they got vindication and accountability. And so I think that uh, I think that uh, many people express frustration with the the settlement because it's just money. It's not vindication in the sense of a jury saying you knew it was false and you did it anyway or it's not any kind of admission by them or a retraction a lot of people said we wanted an apology um, because it's allegedly a news organization I do think a retraction would have been appropriate and certainly worth a few million dollars to insist on that uh, because really Fox is not going to report on this right they're not going to say this and they gave kind of a faux or, or fake admission uh, that I wouldn't even call admission where they said something that like we acknowledge that what the court found was correct that certain claims turned out to be false now that's not an admission I think to call that an admission is, is ridiculous and and I understand why many people were frustrated that Dominion didn't insist on Fox having to say it was false we knew it was false and we're sorry, or we retract what we said. Um, and a lot of people were very upset by that. But I think we have to remember that civil cases are, by and large, about money. And they're not about things like getting apologies. And, you know, frankly, an apology, I think, could have been viewed as, as hollow and something they had to do. That's why I think a retraction would have been really powerful. Um, but, you know, the, the, the plaintiffs who brought this suit felt that they uh, got the vindication that they wanted, that now they have uh, this quasi-acknowledgement on the part of Fox, 
and they do obviously have a lot of money that they that they wanted and that they feel that was accountability and they're the ones who brought this case and frankly the fact that this was a 12th hour uh settlement means that we got to see some of the things that were going to come out of trial right we got to peek underneath the hood some of the really bad facts already came out in these motions uh, to dismiss, right? In these summary judgment motions where the judge found for the, the two of the three elements you were talking about in a defamation case. And so we got to see a lot of those facts. So I think that's been pretty good. Um, I also read this morning that the, if you remember, uh, Popak, that the judge was frustrated with Fox and sanctioned them, saying there was going to be a monitor appointed, a special monitor or master um, for withholding evidence in the case. Uh, I read that that was also part of the settlement was the judge is no longer going to impose that those sanctions or that, that monitor. So Fox got away with a lot here. You know, they behaved badly. They deserved to be uh, to be sanctioned, frankly. And, you know, in some ways, there are a lot of people who are saying that this is such an unprecedented number that this is accountability and vindication. It's hard, it's hard for someone like me to, who's never, um, who doesn't have a, a, a background in civil cases as to whether this is a lot of money to someone like Fox or not, you know? So I don't have that that gut or that gauge. Um, it does feel a little like frustrating, like we wanted more. Um, but there are seven, you know, six more lawsuits that are left. There were seven total, right? And so I, I do think that, um, that, that this will, that this is a, a to be continued. And, you know, look, the other thing that the, the lawyers were saying in this case is that, you know, trials, as you and I both know, they're, they're uncertain, right? And there is a level of uncertainty at a trial, and this brings certainty and closure for them. So, and that was worth it to them. Yeah, as, I, as I've said before, the old trial lawyer adage I've lived by in my career, which is I've won cases I was supposed to lose and I've lost cases I thought I would win. And that has to be going on in the minds. From a, from a Dominion standpoint, they don't, the, the apology was really for the American people. They don't need it because $787.5 million is a giant rehabilitation of their professional reputation in the eyes of everyone. They're not out of business. Um, they uh, were a going concern, and they were mercilessly bashed by Fox, and they're continuing to be one. They're in the business of securing safe and fair elections through their technology, and, and now they can safely say, I mean, to anybody that didn't follow the news, it'd be hard to miss it, unless you're watching Fox News, which really didn't follow its own its own settlement. That's the whole point, right? That's the whole yeah. point. But if you watch anywhere else, if you're a municipality or a, a secretary of state and you're deciding on equipment, um, you know that Dominion prevailed. And so they've got their apology. And I think it became, I wasn't an insider on this at all, but I've been involved with similar discussions. And sometimes it literally becomes, you can have more money or you can have the apology, but you can't have both. Um, we're not going to give you the apology if you want the dollar amount that you want. If you want to take less, 
we may give you the apology. It becomes like this trade-off of economic versus non-economic um, settlement terms that sometimes goes on. It seems unsavory to be talking about it, but that's what happens. They'll be like, right, we're, then we're going to give you $500 million if you want the apology. And they'll, oh, we'll take the seven. We'll take the 787, uh, which is what happens. This is not unusual for Rupert Murdoch, and I want to talk about Smartmatic just for a moment. I'm developing a hot take, which will be going up soon on this very issue. If anyone has followed the history of Rupert Murdoch, this is par for the course. This is not going. This settlement is not going to change the culture of Fox News any more than the uh, $50 million he paid to Gretchen Carlson and the other on-air personalities for gender discrimination, or the another $100 million that he paid to clean up Fox News um, and all of its gender and pay disparities issues, or the $500 million that one of his subsidiaries paid to a competitor in the supermarket coupon business, of all things, during coupon wars, in which they settled for $500 million in 2010, or the $100 million uh, that he paid in um, his newspaper in the UK, as part of the phone hacking scandal, where they hacked members of parliament, members of the royal family, celebrities, um, uh, war uh, soldiers who died in the war and their loved ones. Phones were all hacked, voicemails were all hacked in order to put it into that newspaper. And he ended up not only paying the $100 million, when $100 million was a lot of money back in 2010, but he also remind people that succession is based on the Rupert Murdoch family. He also threw his son James under the bus um, and blamed him for the phone hacking scandal. And so he no longer was going to be the, the person taking over for Rupert Murdoch and shut down a 170 year old newspaper that he had bought as part of the scandal. So hundred million, 500 million, a hundred million, 787 million. This is all par for the course. It does not change his business behavior. He gets away with it time and time again because the engine of his company generates so much cash that they can pay to be bad actors. And unless um, these other lawsuits bring them to their knees, because yes, you're right, Karen, they have $4 billion in cash and warrants sitting in their treasury, now minus $787 million. Uh, but that quickly will, will be dissipated if not only you, you have a Smartmatic case, which is not only not in the same courtroom, it's not even on the same track as Dominion was. Because Dominion filed in Delaware, they got the benefit of moving really, really quickly in under two years from beginning discovery to trial. That doesn't happen, as you know, Karen, in New York State Supreme Court. It's not happening. So the Smartmatic case that was filed for $2.7 billion on almost the exact same facts, almost the exact same emails, the same clips on television, the same personalities at Fox, the same arguments, the same conspiracy, all the same. The only difference is it's sitting before Judge Cohen in the New York State Superior Court, and has to go, uh, Supreme Court, and has to go through the appeal process there. So, so all of those people that I just named, including... Sidney Powell and Janine Pirro and Bartiromo and um, Fox News and Fox Corp all filed motions to dismiss that were denied in March. That's where they are. They're only in the pleading stage in New York. The judge in an 81-page decision there, Judge Cohen, did basically say, I think the jury could find actual malice. I think there's a substantial set of allegations and claims here. I deny the motion to dismiss. He only let... Um, Sidney Powell out because of personal jurisdiction, whether whether New York was the right state to sue her in. Everybody else now has 
and the appeal is over, now have to answer that suit. Discovery will start just like the discovery, the exchange of information, depositions, and documents that happened in Delaware with Dominion. Or, or Fox says, all right, the going rate is 50 cents on the dollar. Uh, we'll offer you, you know, $900 million, $850 million to go away. Because I don't see the benefit of them having Dominion case chapter two in all of the newspapers with all the audio and all the video and all the emails and attacking these. If he's trying to protect the brand, let's think like Rupert for a minute. If you're trying to protect the brand and you think the crown jewels of your brand are your on-air people, you know, Tucker and Hannity and Ingram, Bartiromo, then you, you don't want them attacked a second time and diminish the brand in the New York State case. I think we'll see in the next six months a settlement in Smartmatic as well. If there's not, it'll be 23 and 24 for discovery. We may not get a trial till 24 or 25. That's how slow things move in New York. And then the one that we haven't talked about, I want to talk about it with you, Karen, is what do you think about, um, this is a public company, Fox News, Fox Corp. There are shareholders who could who could allege securities fraud and class action fraud uh, and go after management, executives, and boards of directors and the board of directors of Fox News and seek another huge sum of money in another Delaware case. What do you think about that? Yeah, but you kind of have proven my point or slash answered my question, which is seven hundred and eighty-seven million really doesn't make a big difference to them. This is part of their business model. So if there's a class action suit um, you know, with the, with the shareholders, I think if this is the business model and they, they made the calculus that they're going to make more money by promoting these lies on the air, you know, and that they can afford, because, you know, one of the things that was alleged and that was basically shown with all the information that we got in the Dominion case was this is a, a calculus on their part, a business decision to say, our, our business, we're going to lose, if we, if we don't say these things, we're going to lose our audience. And, and so I think in some ways they will argue we had a fiduciary duty to our shareholders to do this way because we made more money by doing this uh, and and paying this this settlement is the is the cost of doing business, which I think is why this is so frustrating and why it's because it, the money isn't going to change their change their business model as you said one bit. That's why a retraction, not an apology, because an apology you know it's like when you tell a little kid you know go go tell so and so you were sorry and they begrudgingly say they're sorry because mommy told me so when they, everyone knows they don't mean it everyone would know fox doesn't mean i'm sorry you know what even is that that's like a sentimental nothing you want them to retract this you want them to come out and say this not only was not true we knew it wasn't true but we said it anyway that's what they should have had been forced to do and uh -oh. say, and if I was the judge, I would have said, you want me to to take away this monitor and this sanction, then I want an under oath statement from you on the record that says those things, because this is outrageous. Yeah, well, the judge would, yeah, I get you. I, I get the visceral reaction to that. I just don't think the judge has the power to do that. He has inherent authority, but I don't think that matches the discovery abuse that he observed. For people that wanted that to happen, first of all, I want to I want to um, note 
for a compliment you. You probably don't know this. I was doing it for the research for the hot take. But that statement you just made about it's our fiduciary duty to settle based on the facts that are being outlined, it's almost identical to the press release that Fox put out when the coupon cutting company, the coupon creating company settled for $500 million. They said almost exactly that. Based on some pre-trial decisions of the court, it was obvious that we have a fiduciary duty to settle, kind of skipping over the whole bad behavior and bad conduct. While I don't think the judge would be able to do it, and certainly putting the plaintiff in the position of having to police Fox is a very difficult place to be. As you said, it's binary. They either win their case and get, get a big check, or they don't. There's not a lot of other things that a plaintiff can do in a civil case, unless you're like the Department of Justice, Forget the forget the FEC, the, the I mean the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. They're they're feckless. They don't have a lot of power. They're not able to take. Everyone's like take Fox's license away. It's very very difficult. They can investigate, but it's very difficult to take licenses away. Department of Justice, Civil Division could take a look and see if civil liberties have been violated by what's going on in the network. Maybe they're already doing that. Can you, I mean, you could you see what's going on with. You know, democratically appointed and elected prosecutors going after Trump. Could you imagine if Joe Biden's Justice Department went after Fox News and Fox? Good luck. But it would be within their ambit to do that. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. there's just one more thing that's really sure. frustrating that Fox News from now on, all they have to do, they can continue lie, 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 lie. Just don't say it about a person or an entity. Because that's what makes it defamation, right? If they just lied, the big lie, Donald Trump stole, you know, the election is stolen and they continue to peddle lies, then there's no one to sue for defamation because there's no one that they're, that they're saying that yeah. about, right? And so, so the only way to get them to stop lies would be to do something like the FCC pulling, like, or, or don't call yourself news. You know, there has to be standards. Like, don't call yourself a news, a news corporation, yeah. right? Like, well, even opinion, even the opinion here was defamatory. But but I agree with I would, you. I would call it entertainment, because yeah. really, that, it's not even opinion. This is entertainment. Yeah. This is fiction. Well, my my favorite filing so far, and we'll do more about it when we talk about and follow Smartmatic, is Smartmatic's complaint in the first two lines had one of my favorite phrases ever used. It's so simple, but so beautiful in its simplicity. Here was the line. You ready? First line of their complaint. The Earth is round, 2 plus 2 equals 4, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won the election. That's how they started. Those immutable facts, totally ignored by Fox News, and then went on with the rest of their complaint. Yeah. I mean, r r really, really beautifully done. But look, we're going we're gonna to follow it. I know a lot of people are, you know, uh, but we want more. You know, everyone's picking up pitchforks, but we can't rely on a plaintiff who has to who has to get money into their client there's a client here who got who got murderous merciless mercilessly bashed and their revenue stream hampered for life that has to be compensated and so that's what the money's for as as we like to say and the rest of this stuff would just make us all feel better but as you said would not hurt corporate culture until the murdochs no longer own that company it's run by independent professional managers 
we're not going to see a change. Maybe when when Rupert Murdoch is no longer on planet Earth, and Lachlan Murdoch is not as smart as Boot Rupert, okay, and other people Idiots. take the company over. But until then, they're just going to keep stroking 100 to $1 billion dollar checks um, as a cost of doing business. Fuck but, that shit. Uh, we're going to talk about um, other people spending Fuck lots that. of money Get to uh, avoid the inevitable in Donald Trump and E. Jean Carroll. Civil Boycott rape case now Murdoch six shit days away. Country. It's on. Fuck that. It's happening. No more delays, no emergency applications, no, no Supreme tolerance. Court rulings. He is Zero being tried whether he shows up corruption. or not is another matter. But Karen and I will talk <laughs> about that after a word from our sponsor. Now let's take a quick break to talk about our next sponsor, Neurohacker Quality of Mind. One's willpower and productivity can in turn transform your life habits for the better. From workouts to job performance to life goals. Throughout the course of a workday, we here at Legal AF are tasked with a ton of different assignments to ensure we keep you informed. That's why we're so proud to partner with Neurohacker Qualia Mind. Our sponsor, Neurohacker, combines 28 of the most research-backed nootropic ingredients on Earth Zero into the ultimate brain fuel formula, Qualia Mind. And it's been changing people's lives for slogan. years now. Yeah, no vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in each ingredient's effect on supporting mental clarity. It's also backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, so you have almost three months to try Qualia Mind at no financial risk and decide <sighs> for yourself. See what the Come best on, brain man. fuel formula on earth can do for your mindset when it happened in time, as long as they did so within one year. And E. Jean Carroll was case number one. Uh, uh, that that got filed as soon as it could huh. in November of 2022 by her law firm uh, and her lawyer, Roberta Kaplan. She also sued for defamation. We have defamation in two ways. One of them is when he was president, Donald Trump denied knowing her, saying she's not his type. That's a hoax. She's trying to shake me down for money. That was his president. And then he did it again in social media after he was president. So an issue developed about whether he was immune. He had immunity as president under a doctrine called the Westfall immunity while, while he was president. But fortunately, he did it again after he was president. And so the trial judge, Judge Lewis Kaplan, in federal court in New York said, you know what, let's go forward with the case that we can try right now, which is the civil rape case of, of E. Jean Carroll versus Donald Trump and the defamation that happened after he was president. And the issues about whether he can or cannot be sued while he was president, we'll leave that for another day at another trial. But let's get going on April 25. Got two attempts in the last week and a half of the Trump team, which is a tell, like a poker tell, saying they're not ready. <laughs> they're not ready for trial. They've asked for two 30-day extensions. The first one, Karen, they based it on there's so much media frenzy, dot, 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 created by their own client, um, since the arraignment, uh, uh, he can't get a fair trial. We need a 30-day cooling off period. New Yorkers who are sitting in the, the 12, 12 jurors who are selected will never be able to separate the arraignment on hush money uh, charges involving a consensual affair with Stormy Daniels to a rape case of... Eugene Carroll that happened at another time and place. So let's wait 30 days. Things will be a lot better in 30 days, Your Honor. And then they filed another one when that failed. We'll talk about the failure of that. They filed another one that said, aha, Eugene Carroll, Eugene Carroll's lawyers have part of the costs related to the suit being paid by Reed Hoffman of LinkedIn. And he's a known Democrat. And he supports Ooh. Democratic causes. So aha, 
she lied. She didn't say that he, that Reed Hoffman was supporting her case in any way, shape, or form. And we need a 30 days or six months to get to the bottom of that issue. The judge said, no, we're not doing that. Um, you, can, you can do a short deposition of Miss of Miss uh, Carol for about an hour. You can ask her about the funding, if she knew anything about it. You can do what you want to do without a trial. But we're going to trial on April 25. Karen, you've had an opportunity now to read Judge Kaplan's order. It's only 11 pages, but I think it covered a lot of ground denying the motion for a cooling off period that Joe Tacopina had filed. Uh, what do you think what you think about the judge's decision making and whether it fire it backfired on the defense? Well clearly uh, it clearly it did. I mean it, it's it's absurd for uh, for the court to ask the court for this cooling off period saying, oh I can't get a fair trial because there's been too much media frenzy around here. I mean, the reason there's so much media frenzy around the criminal case is because of Donald Trump, right? I mean, we saw when Donald Trump came for Letitia James' uh, deposition recently, last week, we saw that he knows how to come in and out of Manhattan quietly if he wants to. It doesn't have to be this big, dramatic uh, event the way he made his, his arraignment, his Supreme Court arraignment to be. So he's the one who created this media frenzy. He is the one who created uh, the atmosphere that he is now complaining of. He can't benefit from that. In addition, I think it, it, the other issue I think that everybody has to think about, and if I was the judge I'd be thinking about, is things are only going to get worse for him, not better, if we wait another 30 days. I mean, it has widely been reported that you have Fonnie Willis, who is on the verge of indicting him. You've got Jack Smith, who has at least three different criminal investigations. Any one of them can ripen to the point of a prosecution. So this, the only time he's going to have uh, as little attention as possible is going to be uh, now in this particular situation and starting April 25th. So anyway, he, 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 this is what he's trying to do. Uh, he, he's trying to do anything he can to, to delay or, or, or get away from uh, having to face the music here. Um, but honestly, I think it, you and I have slightly different views on this case in terms of whether he his chance of success or not. Um, you, I think you think that this is, um, you know, that, that he has, that this is a stronger case for him than I do. Um, I think this is a risky case. So, and, and I worry a little bit about this case because I think that, I, I think that he, I think this is a, a he said, she said. And I think that there are not, there, there's a whole issue in this case about the DNA and and the lack thereof and i worry that that's going to be a problem for the jurors in this case and well they're not going to be able to mention the dna across. That's the, but that's the point that's the point so you can't mention it but then they're all going to be saying well, where is it i don't understand everyone who's read about this case knows she saved the dress everybody watches csi law and order and every other show and knows oh you that think the jurors know about the dress Everybody knows about the dress. Everybody, well, this, everybody in our business. No, I think everybody knows about the dress. Everybody. If you pull somebody on the street in New York, you said to him, hey, do you know if she kept everyone, anything? They're going to enter the dress into evidence. 100%. Who is? Who is? The, the plaintiffs. How are uh, they going to? 
Why wouldn't they? You don't think they don't think have yeah. because they can't use the DNA. So why would they bring in the dress? Because she'll say this is what I was wearing when it happened. I think it I, has, mean, I, I think that has less impact if there's no DNA. I don't know. Not if she says I saved it all this time because I was so psychologically. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'd be shocked if they don't enter it in. I, again. If, yeah. if this was a criminal case. I'm going to um, post this on YouTube. Like, uh, into DNA evidence in the E. Jean Carroll Trump rape trial. Yeah, she was fisted. Ah, uh, this is for you, Trump supporters. He fisted her. War, not war. Hmm. You know that. Take a man of control. Aging Carol War when Trump fisted Um, who is it? Juan? Juan? No, no, no. Who's the Kaplan? Judge Kaplan. Hey, Judge Kaplan. Hey, Judge Kaplan.
see here. Okay. See, Judge Kaplan, I'm tagging Judge Kaplan in uh, Trump's rape case. Okay, so share to feeds. Post now. Okay. Not only would you enter the dress into evidence, you would put on an. You, it's you would actually to me. put on. Why don't they allow that an dress expert. to be 